Welcome to Heads Up on Money, the heads up you need to make better financial choices. Hi guys, welcome to Heads Up on Money. Today we're talking about pensions, defined contribution, defined benefit. What do these mean? What's the difference? What do you need to know? Welcome to another episode, dear money nerds. This is Heads Up on Money, the unconventional personal finance podcast. We get rid of all the jargon, all of the BS in the industry that I really don't like, and we just strip it all back and I tell you what do you need to do and what do you need to know about your personal finances. We don't make predictions about the market here. I can't tell you what the next hot stock is going to be and I can't tell you where to put all your money. But what I can do is tell you the foundations and the principles that I've learned over 10 years in the industry and hopefully this will give your financial plans the kickstart that they need. And coming up today, we talk about pensions. <sighs> okay, okay, I get it. Pensions are not the most exciting topic and even just saying the word pension often instills the biggest of fear in people and even if they're confident with a majority of their financial planning, as soon as you bring out the P word, oh my god, the expressions I've seen in the past, let me tell you. Now, I in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the two different types of pensions that we get. You may have one of these, you may have the other, you may even have both of these, but they both operate in very different ways and have different benefits attached to them. They are DC and DB. Okay, Benjamin, what, what the hell does that mean? So we, we know we love an acronym in financial services, but I'm going to tell you what they mean first of all, but really there'll be better terms we can use to describe these. So DC means defined contribution and DB means defined benefit. So before we look at the differences between defined benefit and defined contribution, what actually is a pension? Let's take a step back. The easiest description I've got of a pension is it's just another savings pot and it just so happens that one of the rules with pensions and this specific saving pot is that it is locked away. It is there for the very long term and typically you can only access it when you are retired. That is the common norm. Now, that's a bit of an outdated um, conception because these days we have flexible transitions to retirement. Years ago, people would have worked for 30, 40 years in a public sector role. They would build up a pension, they would retire, and then they would draw upon the pension. So that is the norm and the expectation that we tend to have around pensions, but they're far more modern than that. Pensions are effectively just another bank account, another savings account but there are rules attached to them when we can access that savings account. And because there are some restrictions in terms of when we can access them, there are benefits in paying into them. And the idea behind it is effectively the government saying that if you invest now for your future, when you're a bit older and you perhaps don't have the income coming in that you do right now, you have a bank of money there that you can draw upon. And by them restricting our access to it, it removes all temptation to draw upon it earlier or to not have any form of retirement saving at all. 
So that is effectively what pensions are. My advice would be don't get too bogged down in the details of pensions. That's what I'm here for. That's what other financial planners are there for. The key takeaway is think of them as a long-term savings pot that has some restrictions in terms of how you can access it. There are restrictions in terms of when that will be and there are restrictions in terms of taking money from the pot. There are tax implications in doing so. But by paying into it now, you get a bit of benefit in form of tax relief. And regardless of what you're comparing, if it's ISAs or pensions or savings accounts and pensions, pensions win out all the time. And that is why in our line of work, I harp on about pensions because they are fantastic. They offer masses of tax relief. They're great because you allow you to invest for a very long period of time because they are locked away from the long term you effectively have much greater opportunity to take good levels of investment risk. Risk is bad, volatility is good, investment volatility is a good thing because you should be riding out the stock market, coattail investing for the medium to very long term. And when it's talking about pensions, locking away your money for the medium to very long term is the default. You can't access your pension earlier than your typical pension ages. Um, we won't get into the intricacies of that today. That's that's not in the remit of today's episode. But I'm just providing a bit of backdrop as to what are pensions. And when you hear the word, please don't pull down the drawbridge. Be positive. Pensions are fantastic and they are great vehicles that you can use in the building of your financial futures. So the good news for you, money nerds, is in today's episode, I'm not going to bore you with the intricacies of pension taxation. You will be pleased to know. But we are going to talk about the differences between defined benefit and defined contribution. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Let's start off with defined benefit pensions. Now, you've probably heard of these more commonly referred to as final salary or career average pensions. Now, defined benefit pensions are not pensions we can take out in the private sector, And what I mean by that is you can't open a private defined benefit pension. They are usually attached to an employer. And in this day and age, defined benefit pensions are far less common. And I'll get onto the reasons for that later in the episode. But what you need to know is a defined benefit pension is pretty special. If you have a defined benefit pension, you are lucky, lucky, lucky. And most people, certainly in the average workplace pension of today will not have a defined benefit pension and it's far more common I see this in people who are later on in their working careers and uh, if they're not later on in their working careers then typically they will be employed in the public sector. So very common defined benefit pensions will be for instance the NHS pension, the police pension, the teacher's pension. If you work for a public sector organisation they will operate a defined benefit pension. So if you are a member of defined benefit pension, it is great news for you. And why is that? Well, you pay into your pension just like everyone else in form of contributions from your payslip every month. So you get paid your gross salary. There will be some pension contributions come out of that. And then you'll get your cash in hand, your net pay each month. Now your contributions and also the contributions of your employer. So the public sector employer. So if it's the NHS, they'll be putting in an employer contribution in addition. You pay in, they pay in. And 
What that final pot looks like is effectively a massive pot that is run by pension trustees. Now, the benefit to you, the end investor, is there is no investment risk with your pension. Now, what I mean by that is when you get to the nominated pension age underneath that individual pension scheme, so this is not a general rule, the intricacies of your own pension scheme will tell you when it is that you are eligible to retire. The NHS pension, for example, is is fraught with complications around different retirement dates depending on when you joined the scheme. All you need to know is in your defined benefit pension, there will be a set date as to when you are eligible to retire. And when I say retire, that doesn't mean you have to give up working. That notion is no longer applicable in the modern workplace. But in this context, retire means you are effectively retiring from working and paying into that scheme and you then start to draw an income from that scheme. Now, in a defined benefit pension, like I said, there is no investment risk. So when you get to that nominated pension age under the scheme, let's say, for argument's sake, it's 60, you get an income paid out to you that is often inflation protected. So that's a crucial factor because, as I've talked about in other episodes, the terminator of wealth that is inflation should give fear to us all. So defined benefit pensions, they kick the terminator of wealth right in the face. And the benefit to you is you get that pension for the rest of your life. Now let that sink in. No matter how long you live, you will get that regular income paid to you. So if you retire from, let's say, the NHS pension for argument's sake at 60 and After years of paying into the scheme, you've built up an entitlement under the pension and you get, let's say, 25 grand a year. You start out at 25 grand a year. Over the rest of your life, that will be inflationary protected. It may even have increases above inflation, depending on what the provisions of your scheme are. And if you live to 75, it will pay you to 75. If you live to 95, it will pay you to 95. If you live beyond 100, you're getting the point here. It is a massive, massive benefit to you because of the fact that it gives you complete peace of mind. And I work with clients all the time when we're trying to model what does retirement, in inverted commas, mean and stepping back from work. And when we're plugging in the gaps, looking at where are your income sources coming from, what does your expenditure look like, if you have a defined benefit pension coming in that is guaranteed for the rest of your life, that offers such a comfort. And of course it would, because you've got a guarantee knowing that no matter what happens, whatever madness happens out there in the world in terms of investment volatility, and this affects, spoiler alert, the defined contribution side of pensions, but in defined benefit, you are sitting pretty because you've got a guaranteed income that will keep coming in just like a salary. It's effectively a salary for life. You don't even get that when you're working. So to get that level of security when you retire is a blessing. Now, it's because they are so valuable that they are not found in typical employer workplace pensions today. And the reason for that is because all of the risk is borne by the employer effectively. And that makes sense because, as I said, when you retire, you will get that income paid to you for as long as you live. And there are often wider benefits in terms of guaranteed income paid to children if you were to pass away or benefits paid to your spouse if you die within 
so many years of claiming your pension. Again, the intricacies and the variations between pension schemes vary, but the point is they are gold-plated. These are fantastic pensions. So it's got no risk on you, and instead it is on the employer's risk. And when I say the employer's risk, they will have pension trustees and the responsibilities of them and actuaries and all these boffins who look at the accrual rates of pensions and all that jazz. If if they think there's going to be a shortfall in the scheme, it is up to them to make that up. You don't have any additional contributions to make as the retiree. You are sitting pretty. They are due you, legally due you this money for the rest of your life. So the risk is borne by the employer. And it's for this reason that in a traditional private sector employer of today, they will stay well clear of this defined benefit pension setup because it is a massive risk and they'll instead operate the defined contribution pension setup because that shifts the risk from them onto you. So you're probably gathering by now defined contribution pensions are definitely the weaker of the two. So have a look today and work out exactly do you have a defined benefit pension? If you're paying into a private workplace pension, it's fairly likely you don't have one of these pensions, but you may have had them from earlier in your career, a number of years ago when they were far more common. In today's world, you're just not going to see them unless you're in a public sector scheme. So I know often in in, um, industries we talk about the the private sector paying more than the public sector and there's a lag in the public sector pays and of course there's a lot of validity in this but when it comes to pensions, private pensions do often fall short in comparison to their public sector equivalents. So defined benefit pensions, they're called, I'll just recap this, typically final salary or career average Don't worry if you hear the term defined benefit, that's just there to complicate things. Defined benefit means you've got a final salary or a career average pension. And going into the details of those two terms, basically a final salary pension is set up under the basis of that your pension that you get when you retire will be based upon your final salary. And the notion here is that normally career projections and the trajectory of your career will be that you earn the most later on in your career. So it's beneficial because you are retiring at the point in time when you're earning the most, so your pension will be based on your highest salary. That is, again, great, that's fantastic, but there is a cost for the employer in maintaining that. So there's been something brought in more recently called a career average, and the basis of this is that you will average your earnings over the course of your career. So like the NHS pension, as I talked about earlier, the more up-to-date versions of the NHS pension are now based on a career average earning setup rather than a final salary. So recapping here, what do you need to know? In defined benefit pensions worlds, there are two subsets, typically final salary or a career average earnings pension. Both are fantastic in comparison to defined contribution pensions, but when it comes to a comparison of of a final salary or a career average, final salary is the yes, the resistance really is fantastic. So let's flip the coin to the other side and look at defined contribution pensions. So let's bin the term defined contributions to start with. That is confusing. I don't think I even know what that means. Let's think of these more as pension pots, money pots, effectively. 
it's a money savings pot and you pay into it, your employer pays into it if it's in the case of a workplace pension, but you can also take out private pensions. So if you're a self-employed individual, you don't have a, an automatic entitlement to have a workplace pension that many employees would have. So you set up a private pension and a private pension will be set up in a defined contribution manner. So defined contribution pensions are far more common and most people will have these. So as I mentioned earlier, defined contribution pensions are nowhere near as beneficial as defined benefit pensions. Now, pensions generally are still fantastic vehicles for your long-term planning future. So the point I'm trying to make here is that they are definitely the lesser beneficial option in comparison to defined benefit pensions, but taking a step back, they're still fantastic long-term savings vehicles, and I'm very much pro-pensions. But defined contribution pensions, they just don't offer the level of security that you would get under a defined benefit pension scheme. In the defined benefit universe, as I mentioned, you have a guaranteed income that is often inflationary protected for life. You don't get that level of comfort with a defined contribution pension. So instead, it's up to you. The risk is on you to make that pension last. So how does that work? Well, they operate in very different ways. In defined benefit, you just make regular contributions. And as long as you pay that contributions and build up your entitlement, you will get a set income. Whereas in defined contribution, in a money purchase pension as they're called, you pay in as little or as much as you want. You will have to pay in set amounts under the auto-enrolment rules if you have a workplace pension. But you and your employer pay into the pension, similarly to DB pensions. But in this case, you build up an investment pot, an investment fund. And it is on you to select suitable assets to grow that pension fund. And similarly, it is on you when you draw from it to decide what do you want to invest in when you are retiring how much income can you take in a sustainable manner? How much can I take to enjoy just now, but not at the cost of not being able to live beyond 75 because you've blown the entire pot? You need to make sensible decisions. It's all on you. If you don't make these decisions, nobody's going to bail you out. If you encash your entire pension as soon as you're eligible to draw upon it and decide to buy a Ferrari and you no longer have the rest of your pension to enjoy for the rest of your life, you are screwed. You have to rely on other income sources. Defined benefit, you've got that comfort, that hand-holding for the rest of your life, whereas defined contribution, you don't have anywhere near that level of security. And like I said, the risk and the onus is pushed very much to you rather than the employer. So this is why in the modern workplace of today, employers will set up a defined contribution workplace pension because it has no risk on them it's all on you. And this really is why you have to take informed decisions. And by listening to this podcast, you are doing better than most people. You're clearly active. You're clearly engaged in getting on top of your personal finances. But it's daunting because it's now solely on you. And you aren't taught this thing in school or when you work for an employer, they don't tell you what your pension is and what you need to be thinking about, or they rarely do, I should say. So there's a lot of pressure on you and that doesn't apply when it comes to defined benefits because as long as you make your payments, you will be on easy street when you come to retiring. But defined contribution, it just doesn't work like that.
So under a defined contribution pension scheme, you need to apply the principles that I've mentioned in other episodes, and that's looking at risk through a sensible lens and saying that yes, markets go up and markets go down, but over the long term, if you're invested predominantly in equities in the great companies of the world, then your pension pot will be fighting hard against inflation and you'll build up a nice pot when it comes to retirement, whatever that looks like. But then you need to start thinking about drawing upon that pension pot and how do you do that in a sustainable manner? There's more pressures at that stage. But really what I'm saying to you is if you love your pension now and you give it the attention it deserves, think of it like a houseplant. You need to water that pension. You need to keep an eye on that pension and invest with a good level of investment risk over medium to longer term periods and you will be rewarded. It isn't as scary as it might seem. And yes, you'll never be able to replicate the benefits of a defined benefit pension scheme, but you need to move on. You've got a defined contribution pension. There's fantastic tax relief opportunities that are afforded to you by paying into that defined contribution pension. It's not as great as defined benefit, admittedly, but if you do things in a sensible manner, keep listening to the podcast, for example, then you can still have a very, very comfortable, um, meaningful and relaxed retirement. Okay, I get it. We've covered quite a lot there. We've gone into a bit more detail perhaps than I was intending. Let's do a quick recap. Three, two, one, go. Okay, let's be quick. Two different types of pensions, defined contribution and defined benefit, DC and DB. Bin all those titles. Starting up, let's go with final salary or career average earning pensions. These are defined benefit pensions. They pay you a guaranteed income for the rest of your life when you retire. They're fantastic because they're often inflationary protected and it means all of the risk is borne by your employer and when you retire you'll get that money just like a salary every month for the rest of your life. Winner, winner. Defined contribution, bin the name, think of them as money pots. You pay into it over the working career and over time the pressure is on you to build up a good pension fund and when you do retire the pressure is on you once again to draw upon it in a sustainable manner. All of the risks are moved from the employer to you as the retiree. The risk is on you. So in today's world, you're more likely to get defined contribution pensions. And even though final salary or career average earning pensions are better than money pot pensions, taking a step back, pensions still are one of the best things you can be doing for your long-term financial planning. You should love your pension. And I promise that's what I'm here for. I'm going to make you fall in love with your pension. Someone's got to do it. I might as well be the one. And there we go. That wasn't quite so painful, was it? Okay, hopefully not. Okay, you should now have a grasp of the two different types of pensions we have in the UK. If you have a workplace pension, you will be in one or the other of these. Perhaps you've got both of them. You might be one of the lucky few that are still holding on to your defined benefit pensions. And you may have a defined contribution pension on the side now. So the key takeaway is really love your pension and it will love you back. So thank you once again for listening. I hope you found this episode of use and of interest and you're feeling a bit more positive about what is often perceived to be a terrifying topic. And there's just time for me to make a shameful call out and ask you to please rate and review the podcast if you're getting enjoyment from it. 
please tell a couple of your friends or family if you think they'll find it of interest also. We all will have pensions. This is stuff that everybody should know. It's fundamental knowledge that should be shared. And we should all be taught this stuff before it's too late. So yeah, please leave a rating. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do also leave me a review. That means so much to me just to know that people are enjoying the podcast. And it also really helps to get the podcast up the charts and spread the financial wisdom. Thanks again for listening. This has been Heads Up On Money unconventional personal finance chat without the waffle. And I will see you on the next episode. (music) 